What's going on, everybody? Once again, it's your boy, B to the L.A., double K-8. Y'all know who I am. And normally, I would say on a glorious day in Lynchburg City, but today hasn't been so glorious. It's been pretty much on the windy side. I mean, real windy. I looked out the window earlier, and I had a couple of my trash cans uh, had fell down. I had a flower pot that was middle of the yard, and a FedEx, a FedEx package for my daughter was like, in the middle of the yard so the wind was strong enough to blow a lot of stuff but uh aside from that just want to ask how is everybody doing and um i'm gonna jump right into it now this story that i'm about to talk about right now wasn't uh, a story that i had actually planned on talking about but i'm scrolling through facebook about 10 seconds maybe 10 i'm sorry about two or three minutes before i get on uh before i start this podcast and uh, the video of the little boy, which I'm quite sure everybody has seen right now, has had over 200,000 views, where him and his friend was allegedly uh, stealing inside of a store. It looks like it was probably like a Walmart or a Target or something like that, kind of department store. But uh, nevertheless, one of the little boys that uh, they caught or apprehended or whatever that didn't have anything in his bag besides his wallet full of money, he was videotaping everything and this little boy was going ham on the police man like i mean i don't know how many times he said the word nigga i don't know how many times he talked about how stupid they was looking and how you know this that whatever man and first and foremost like it's funny but it's not funny you know what i'm saying but it's funny as fuck though but it's not funny but uh you know, sad to say, I've I, I ran across a lot of little kids like that, y'all. I ran across it. Before I go deeper into the story, I remember living in Seattle, and me and my friend Mike, we sitting on the porch, drinking a couple beers and shit. And so this little kid, he, he, he couldn't been no more than probably about two years old, but he was naked. He was outside, and all he had on was a fucking uh, jean vest. And... Uh, you know, no pamper, no nothing. And he had this little scooter. And he was just trying to, you know, kick and scoot, kick and scoot. And uh, so my, my, my friend Mikey seen him and he said, hey, little man. He said, uh, why don't you go in the house and put some clothes on? This little kid couldn't have been no more than probably about two years old. Turned around and said, fuck you. And kept on scooting up the street, man. Then we had this old little kid, this little African kid that lived across the street from me. His name was Mamu. His parents, you know, they didn't really speak English. And he had a brother and an older sister. And, uh, you know, I would listen to Mamu cuss his parents out in English, and they wouldn't understand what the fuck he'd be saying. You know, and he, you know, would bully certain kids and all that kind of shit like that, yo. So I've been around kids, <clears throat> East Coast, West Coast, to where they had this grown-up personality. I remember my son being like probably a year old, maybe two, yeah, probably about two years old, somewhere in there. And uh, he walked up to this grown man and he was like, what, what, what? And this is look on his face and shit, man. I thought it was funny at the time. So like I've been around kids that's had like this grown-up personality when it comes to shit like this, man. But this little boy right here, he, he he pretty much took the cake, man, because, I mean, he just went all out on the cops, man. And and, and the crazy part about it is that a lot, of, a lot of the language I really didn't condone, 
but and I'm quite sure people older than me as well you know the real grandmas and grandpas out here I'm quite sure they didn't condone it as well but if you can filter all of that out he was absolutely 100% right the cops were looking stupid they were looking dumb as fuck and I seen one video to where you know the, the, the cop was following the little boy commands. The little boy would be like, look at him, wave to the cameras or some shit like that, and the cop would do the shit. So he's like, I'm like, man, you know what I mean? It's almost as if the cop knew the video was going to go viral. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, and, and, and of all the stories that I did today, and I saw a story, I saw the same story like yesterday or the day before. So all the stories that I've done, you know, it didn't even dawn on me to do this story right here. And, uh, you know, so I just said, yo, I got to start the show off with this right here, yo, because this is some funny shit right here, man. Like, <coughs> excuse me. Like, you know, it. I'm like, damn, whose kid is this? Whose kid is this? Like, he's going ham. I mean, he's... if you. You better tase me because if you don't tase me, I'm gonna beat the shit out you. I'm gonna do this to you. I'm gonna do that to you. They take him into the office, you know, where they're looking at video and shit like that, and and he's just going ham on the, you know, the the guy that's, uh, you know, playing the video back and forth to see if he stole anything and the cops that's, that are in there and shit like that. I mean, he's just offering to fight them. You know, he want their badge number, which I'm quite sure that the whole what's your badge number, I want your badge number and even to the whole taping it was talk to him. Now, it's very obvious those two parts right there were talked to him. You know what I'm saying? This kid, he can't have been more than probably like eight, maybe nine somewhere in there. It really wouldn't surprise me if he was ten. But he was old enough to understand to some degree exactly what the fuck it was he was saying, you know. And, and, and like I said, that the, the language of itself was probably non-condoning. But you filter that out and really listen to what he's saying, man. And he's like 100% right. And then I want to know, like, where the fuck did he get a, a, a wallet full of money from? You know, like, who? You know, so, like, a side of me is like, is this video staged to a certain degree? And when I say staged, I'm meaning in the sense of, okay, did a grown-up, perhaps a parent, say, hey, I'm going to give you this in your wallet. You're going to go to this particular store. You're going to act like you're stealing. And then let the fireworks start from there. You know, because, I mean, like, like let's face it, what kid... Even, even if it's a child actor, what kid have you ever seen walk around with that kind of money on? You know, I mean, he had, he had wads of cash. He had a, he, he, he damn sure had enough to buy whatever they said or alleged him to uh, actually be stealing. He had way more than enough to buy. You know, so that, that that's the crazy part right there. So you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a catch-22. I don't, I don't know what it is, but the more this continues, the more I'm going to uh, check into it, and, and I'll definitely let y'all know as, as, as the days go. 
just how far this story goes because man it's got to be more to it like it has got to be more to it It, it, somebody is pulling the strings on this and at some point in time it's going to come out as to who's pulling the strings all right now the biggest story i was going to start off with was the uh r kelly so r kelly x claims that he forced her to eat her own feces this is some crazy shit now the singer's trial date has been moved from uh, april 27th to october the 13th now the delayed trial could mean that new charges for the troubled singer which would be even more fucked up now the chick name is azario clary and uh she claims that <clears throat> r kelly has a video of her taking the shit in the cup and then eating out of it and I'm like, all right, let's say for the sake of saying that what you're saying is 100% true. You know, now I read this story like two or three times and and I, and I, and I thoroughly read this story like two or three times. And not one time did I run across anything to where she said he may have put a gun to her head or a knife to her throat. See, you know, and, and some, some people can have... Uh, a mental advantage in the sense of manipulating people, controlling their mind and shit like that. You know, I've since the documentary has came out, all types of stories have floated to the surface. You know what I mean? And uh my thing is 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 uh can't nobody make you do something that you really don't wanna do unless they have something other than you know, something in their hands to would possibly make you think twice or three times or four you know what I'm saying so so to to eat your own feces like I really now the thing is is that I would love nothing more than to say oh no that's not R. Kelly but we all know that is R. Kelly like Dave Chappelle, Chappelle with the whole remix I piss on you you know what I mean and he had the, uh, if y'all remember, Dave Chappelle, this shit was like in 2003 when Dave, you know, did the remix and had the chocolate doo-doo where the girl smeared it all over herself and all types of shit like that. And this is back in 2003. Now, these allegations right here are, are, are recent allegations, but as far as the year that this may have taken place wasn't stated, you know, and, you know, me, 99% of me is saying that where well, these recent allegations are recent because apparently this may have taken place recently. You see? So, you know, and, and, and uh, it's going to be a, a new, the, the uh, ex-girlfriend that is uh, doing this interview is actually in a new documentary called uh, Precedence. And that's what the new documentary is called, you know. So the documentaries now like are, are rolling out, you know, one after the one after the other, and uh, you know the charges just be, continue to grow. New evidence continue to show. Uh, it's also been stated that uh, the FBI has seized more than a hundred electronic devices, including cell phones, iPads, and hard drives. So. This could go as far as possible. I mean, I'm not saying that what he's doing isn't child abuse, 
because he has been allegedly, you know what I'm saying, linked with girls under the age of 18. And these uh, females that are speaking right now, since the documentaries have came out, have been all over the age of 18, all over the age for the most part of 21. So, you know, when it gets down to taking hard drives and, and, and iPads and cell phones and things of that nature, then that's when we start, me anyway, I start to think, okay, now we got to creep and see if he's into the pedophilia. You know, does he have child pornography on his internet? You know what I'm saying? Certain websites, um, you know, IP uh, addresses and shit like that. They're going to check all that shit. And so, you know, it can't get any better for him. And you would think it couldn't get any worse for him, but it seems like that it can, and it is, and it will. So, you know, I'm quite sure everybody will stay tuned to that story right there as far as with, 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 with the uh, whole R. Kelly thing, you know. But I'm going to keep more of my focus on uh, Harvey Weinstein. <clears throat> and I'm definitely going to keep my focus on the next person that I'm about to talk about now. So Takashi 69 prison release date has been set. He'll be released in August the 2nd. Alright, now before I go any further, let's not forget this dude told on a shitload of people. He told on a shitload of people. This is this is one of those situations where, you know, Paul Mooney said it best and I said it in my podcast earlier. Everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. This is where trying to be black just simply goes wrong. Just simply goes wrong. Now, hip-hop is universal. Don't get me wrong. Did black people create it, originated it, and made it, you know, what it is today? Yes, we did. But, you know, hip-hop is just like basketball. It has went global, and anybody can... You know, create hip hop, create a form of hip hop, whatever the case may be. But this is an also another prime example of when you are living through what you're writing with a pen and pad. If you're not gangster, there's no sense in making that kind of music. And that's what happened to the realness of hip hop. A lot of the, the cats that make this music has never experienced anything that they're talking about. Now, we were perfectly fine in hip-hop when they started talking about uh, uh, things like Jacob the Jeweler. I'm sorry, people like Jacob the Jeweler, Tommy Hilfiger, um, you know, Versace, Donna Karen, Dior, you know, Christian Louis Vuitton, all that shit. When that started to creep into hip-hop, we were okay with that, you know what I'm saying? And we understood that speaking about these things before getting these things, our world was okay with because the hip hop world totally understood where that artist was coming from. So, you know, you may have known that I didn't have, you know, a car with 26 inch rims on it and, and, and rocking Louis Vuitton. When you saw me, especially if you were around me, and I'm just saying this through the eyes of a, a, a cat who made it through hip hop. You know, this is all figurative speaking, nothing literally. But, uh, you know, to rap about these kind of things, it's, it's okay with the hip hop culture. But when you start jumping out there 
and rapping about shit that you done in the streets. And 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 and, and making that your priority, your your bread and brother, your bread and butter, then that's when motherfuckers gonna start questioning you. That's when motherfuckers gonna start checking to see if you're snatching ass or not. And it, and, and if you can't at some point in time, you're going to have to show proof of what the fuck you did. I remember back in the early 90s when Vanilla Ice came out. And the hip-hop world did not embrace that cat. And the sad part about it, and you fast forward 25 years later, and you, you got to thank a motherfucker like Vanilla Ice or it wouldn't be an Eminem, a Mac, um, uh, you know, uh, Mac Miller, uh, all types of white rappers. All types of white rappers. It, if, it, if it had not been for Vanilla Ice, a lot of people said that um, the Beastie Boys broke the ground for white rappers, and to a certain degree they did. But it was Vanilla Ice who, you know, even though the hip hop world didn't accept that motherfucker at the time, and probably still don't to this day, he did open the gates for white rappers and probably rappers of non African American descent. So, you know, but to get back to Takashi 69, this motherfucker, he he uh was allegedly supposed to have been what they call a uh what the fuck was it? Some kind of blood. Some kind of blood he had supposed to have been. And uh he turned on them. He turned on them and 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 uh you know spoke about the things that they had did and shit like that. This cat was looking at 45 plus years to life in prison for the uh, acts that he allegedly had committed. And, you know, he, he he turned so much evidence in on other people to he's basically walking out of prison, you know, doing less than 1% of the time that he was, uh, you know, looking at. And the crazy part is about it, his lawyer had the, had the audacity to say that he's getting out of prison early because he's been a model inmate. <laughs> so we just gonna forget the motherfucking reports and video that we've seen this dude just blatantly, with no pressure, I'm, a, I'm assuming just snitching on motherfuckers just like that he snitched on cardi b he had snitched on a list of other people like i said high officials in the uh the blood group that he was in and uh i'm i had the name of the group one time before but i've lost it but it had something in there about the tray not the tray nines or the six nines the six trays or some shit like that i'm not sure exactly what it was man but nevertheless it was a group it was a, a gang the bloods, allegedly, you know. So and, and 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 to make matters even worse, and this is where you know the media, if they was really or the whoever was really looking out for his safety, you know, that they really had to tell his release date. You know, that's something that you may want to keep to yourself, especially if this guy basically told on everybody just to get out of prison. August the 2nd is right around the corner. And he's about to get out of prison. And everybody knows he's about to get out of prison. Now, we just had a rapper that just just, just uh, be killed named Pop Smoke. And allegedly it was a 
whether it was a plot hit or un, you know a non-plot hit, uh, the fact that he his address was shown in the video doing a live Facebook or a tweet or whatever he was doing at the time. So, you know, that same day he got hit up. This guy, Takashi 69 snitched on high blood officials. And y'all have the audacity to let everybody know this man's release date. The moment he stepped out, I give him six months. And, I, and, and that may sound harsh and fucked up. Say, black damn, you only give him six months to live? Yeah. I give him six months to live. If, if these bloods are, are, are really about that. And, and make no mistake about it, the, the one thing I thought couldn't happen, happened when Tupac and Biggie Smalls got hit. I always thought rappers had the type of security to where they couldn't get hit. Until... Being a teenager, close to my 20s, 1990, you know, mid-90s and shit, 95, 96, 97. And when those two dudes got hit, that's when I knew every rapper that came after them could be touched at any time. Don't think for a second, Takashi 69 can't be on that list with people like Nipsey Hussle, Extension, you know, uh, uh, Pop Smoke. And a list of others. To the sports world now. So D-Wade once blew uh, a shit of money on card games with his teammates. And he was losing so much money or just gambling so much money so bad on on, on, uh, playing cards on the airplane. So his financial advisor asked him if he had a problem. Now, the card, the card game is called Blu-ray. This has a popular game amongst uh, pro sports athletes. Apparently, it must be real popular with the basketball guys in the NBA. Because I've never really heard hockey players, NFL players, anything like that talk about that. But, uh, you know, this game has caused players on the same team to throw hands at each other. They say dudes be betting. You can... You can win in quick, as, as, as quick as a blink of an eye. You know what I'm saying? And once again, the game is called Blu-ray. You know what I mean? And uh, they said that pot inflates quickly and players could lose a large sum of cash or win a large sum of cash. There's been reports to where the Celtics back in the day, the big three, Paul, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett, the bets had got as big as like Rolls Royces. You know, if y'all remember a cat named uh, Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero, you know what I mean? They, some shit went down on the plane, playing that game right there, and, and, and Agent Zero felt the need to bring a gun <laughs> to the arena to, for, to get his money because motherfuckers weren't trying to pay. You know what I'm saying? If y'all remember Tony Allen, when he was playing with the Memphis Grizzlies, him and O.J. Mayo, Tony Allen stole off on O.J. Mayo. Tony Allen was one of those little pit bulls, you know what I'm saying, like uh, Patrick Beverly when it came to defense. A little bit taller than Patrick Beverly and could score a little bit more, but nevertheless, they had the same mentality. So Tony, 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 uh, he wasn't one of those kind of guys that you really wanted to fuck with, especially about it when it came to his paper. You know what I'm saying? So O.J. Mayo found out the hard way, you know. But, uh... You know, um, it had got so bad with the Memphis Grizzlies that they had to ban 
them from playing that game because you know it was just fights after fight. It was other. It was another guy uh, by the name of Creighton, and I forgot what team he had played for, but he had felt the need to bring a gun too. So even even in the you know them professional sports, cats be about their money. They be about their money, man. And money, you know, I don't give a fuck how much you have. You can never have enough of it. And if you bet somebody, you know, $25,000, dollars that certain things going to take place in the sports world, and it happens, or just in a, in a game of cards, poker, boo-ray, whatever, and it happens, motherfuckers expect their money. And if they don't get it, then that, you know, y'all got to understand where these guys come from. They didn't start off in the suburbs of America. At least 90% of the NBA players or the African-American have came from the hood. So they already know what it is to be broke. They already didn't see what happened to motherfuckers that don't pay their debts and, and all that kind of shit. You know, so busting up a teammate, losing a ton of money, winning a ton of money, all that kind of shit is nothing new to them. That's for real. And a uh, video shows the rapper the baby slapping the shit out of a woman before his concert. You know? Now the incident took place at a nightclub in Tampa. In the video, you can clearly see the baby smacking the woman in the face as he was making his way through the crowd to get on the stage and shit. And after he got on the stage, a lot apparently a lot of people had seen it because they started booing him and they booed him to the point where he was like, fuck it. So he left the stage. You know what I'm saying? But then there was reports that, you know, he claimed that the woman had hit him first in the ad with her cell phone. So I checked out the video. My wife was talking about it yesterday, and I checked out the video, and you can clearly see the woman with the cell phone. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't really say she hit him in the eye. I can say he smacked the hell out of her, but I can't really say that she had hit him in the eye. So he was basically saying, like, he got 10K to the person or persons who can uh, produce a video that clearly shows that the woman that hit him in the eye. Now, the video that I, like I said, that I just seen, I don't know if that was a person who uploaded it to show that, hey, I got this kind of video, or was it TMZ or anybody else, but I can clearly see him smacking her in a manner as if he already knew her. <laughs> Like real talk, yo. I mean, the power that was behind that smack. I was like, God damn, he smacked her. But he then issued a uh, a statement apologizing and saying that he just wished people would respect his uh, space. And to a certain degree, I understand the whole "I wish people would respect my space," you know. I can only imagine what these celebrities go through at some time. Some of, the, some of them, they embrace it. They want it. They understand it. You know, it is what it is. But then you have those who don't fully understand that a lot of time it's these very people that is making your career. And it is these very people that are also in your career. So, and I'm not saying you kiss ass or anything or anything like that. I'm just saying you have to understand the nature of the business that you're in. You know, when you're a public figure and in the public's eye, as it, you know, it, it, shit's got to be different. You always hear on rappers or people say, uh, you can take me out the hood, but you can't take the hood out me. Well, if you want to continue to endorse Fortune 500 companies and continue to have your music at the top of the billboard charts then I suggest 
you would leave the hood to some degree where the hood at. The hood ain't never done shit for you, so always keep that intact. And when I say the hood, I mean the streets, period. The streets don't love you like you think you do. And when you start bringing that shit into the atmosphere of your workplace, and I'm not saying that the, the female was, was, was right in no shape, shape or form of this uh, situation, but the baby, just off of the video that what I've seen, it didn't seem like he had to protect himself in that manner. And let's not forget, he got a real big-ass bodyguard, too, that don't mind breaking the motherfucking half. And I'm surprised he didn't, you know, jump in or whatever. But that's that's just a crazy situation right there, man. I swear. And another news we got this chick called Victoria Mather. And she's this British, like, um... She's supposed to have worked for the royal family, but come to find out, she hasn't worked for the royal family since 2018, but she still goes under the title as a worker for the royal family. So, you know, that's false information right there. But uh, she she says, uh, she calls Meghan Markle uh, five clicks up from Trailer Trash. I said, damn, really? You know what I'm saying? So, I'm not quite sure when she said it. I'm not quite sure when she's uh, just throwing a dagger at the white side of Meghan Markle or the black side of Meghan Markle. Because the black side of Meghan Markle, first and foremost, shows like 90% of the black side of her anyway. So, that's not a statement that you would normally throw at a person of African-American descent. But, nevertheless... That's how Victoria Mather feels, you know, and she and let her tell it. Tell it, uh, a lot of people in the world feel that way, and uh, you know, it's just been a whole. But she says that also Meghan Markle uh, feels the need to disrespect the Queen. Now she gave this interview on MSNBC, which is uh, an sister associate of MSNBC and NBC and for a long time um, those networks have been pro-democrat so to speak so when these statements was made they hurry up and ended that interview but they didn't end it quick enough because she was able to make these uh, to me disrespectful remarks about Meghan Markle like for some reason the British white people can't accept the fact that Harry as a African-American wife. And no matter how much they try to see the Caucasian side of Harry's African-American wife, she quickly reminds them that she embraces her African-American side. <laughs> so, so they just at some point in time, they just won't have to get over it. And the British tabloids with this whole Mexit bullshit that I hate. I hate that title. I hate the title makes it because it makes it seem as if she stirred the pot, the pot in the sense of, okay, let's get Harry to separate himself from his family. You know what I mean? And I just don't see it that way. Now, prior to them leaving the royal family, because of Harry's background, I was one of the people that was quick to say, okay, I get this marriage right here, three years at top. But when the baby came into play, baby Archie, and then you have them 
separating themselves from the royal family. I said, okay, I'm on team Meghan and Harry now. Like, I get it. It's very, you know what I'm saying, obvious that he really, really loves his wife and his family, and he's willing to do it. Whatever it needs to do to protect his wife and his family from the royal, whether it's the royal family or the paparazzis of the royal family. Let's not forget his mother died in a tunnel trying to elude the paparazzis. And then when the paparazzis finally caught up with her, the pictures that they uh, showed not too long after her death and all type of things like that was disrespectful as well. So those type of images that sat in Prince Harry's head from, you know, seeing that as a little boy all the way up to a grown man, he's seen other shit that goes out through the royal family. People separate themselves from their family all the time. All the time. We do it, normal people, every day. It, it is what it is. It's just what we do. Me, personally, I haven't lived around extended family in almost 20 years and me personally because of the way I'm built I'm perfectly fine with it I'm perfectly fine with it the family that I've created has more of my time more of my focus more of my love than anything else so I'm perfectly fine with that and people has got to respect that now I can honestly tell you uh I'm fully aware that everybody in my family didn't really ag- agree with me leaving, separating myself, but it is what it is. And I'm not trying to put myself nowhere near the royal family, and not because they're royal, but I'm just not trying to, they, they're going through something entirely uh, different than what I've experienced or people, you know, regular people have experienced. But yeah, so. It's just all about Team Megan and Team Harry for me because I get it. I get it. You're always supposed to put your family in the best situation that you feel possible. And if he feels and she feels that, hey, leaving the royal family, moving to North America, starting a life of our own. And, and before I go any further with this, let's not act like these people are broke. These people are millionaires. Like, super-duper millionaires. Harry got trust funds and money. All the money he's made while he's been in the royal family. So, you know, he's still going to get an annually lump sum and all of that. So, all of this, oh, and all that kind of shit. Let's let's chill with that because at the end of these days, these people don't have to want for nothing. only thing they're doing is separating themselves and moving somewhere other than the United Kingdom and starting a life. You got the tabloids want to run Meghan Markle's name through the mud like she did something wrong or like she orchestrated all of this and Harry didn't have nothing to do with it and all that kind of crazy shit. But, yeah, it is what it is. But once again, I want to thank y'all for listening to The Sixth Sense. As always, continue to support. You can always donate 99 cents a month. You can always subscribe and you can always listen. Listen. Once again, it's your boy B to the L-A, double K-A, and I'm out of here. Peace.